Hi, this is Lothar Tuppen, creator of the show The Sword of the Crimson Tatters, and you're listening to Blood Noir on the Para-X Radio Network and Anchor. Joe, you haven't left for that case yet? Nope. You'll even Morty to wait for you. In the meanest part of town? He'll be all right. Morty can handle himself. Joe! You're reading! Looks that way. I don't think I've ever seen you crack a book open. Let alone hold one. Yeah, well, this one concerns us. Blackout City Confidential by Mark Slade. How does he know what goes on around here? Six audio scripts and a new short story featuring us and that crumb bum, Doberman Diggs. Look here, Lily. There's even pictures. Art by Lisanne Lake. Oh, she captured my figure right. <laughs> Not hard to do, Angel. Nobody could get that wrong. You're perfect. Oh, Joe. Get Blackout City Confidential and Blackout City Short Story Collection, both available on Lulu.com and other outlets published by Horrified Press. There is light, and there is darkness in our world. There is good, and there is evil. The living go on with their lives, and the dead, they carry on as well, but they're not always so well hidden, at least not in the ghost lands. Schlock Magazine presents Ghost Lands, an anthology of ghost stories. An artist in Napoleonic Spain uses his mind to create a masterpiece and revenge. A man and his friends must face the truth or else be haunted forever. In the future, a collector of space vessels gets more than he bargained for. In a fantasy land, a ghost haunts the Garmanda Mudura. A police detective and a pathologist try to unravel mysteries surrounding bodies missing. Salt. A man is given a trial and a judgment. Not to his liking. Featuring stories by Mark Slate, Kevin Reese, Jason Norton, Thomas M. Malafarina, E.S. Wynn, and Joshua A. Prouse. Edited by Gavin Chapel. With cover art by Lee Sand Lake. Ghostland is published by Rogue Planet Press and is available on Lulu.com and other outlets.
Noir is a crime and horror anthology show. Stories about people caught in desperate times and only have one way out.
Yes. Hello, ma'am. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. A very lovely day. <laughs> uh, can I help you? Uh, that depends. On what? Your fate. I'm not interested in... That's quite all right. Take your foot from my door. God forgives you. I forgive you. Let me explain, please. I mean no harm to your soul. I only want to help open the door to heaven for you. Let the angels sing as you Mister, enter. Mister, you're talking crazy. No, 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 no. No. Only men of no faith speak nonsense, Fay Garber. How, how do you know my name? Let me inside and... I shall tell you. Uh, okay. You have to remove your foot from the door first. Of course. I can do that, ma'am. <laughs> Leave before I call the police. You knew she would do that. <laughs> it's not the thrill of the kill, Angel. It's the hunt that I crave. That door off the hinges. Stay back! Stay back! I have a gun. <laughs> this is a wild one. Oh, these mortals are so lively. They think they can do whatever they want. Oh, makes me laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, do it again. It gets me going. Uh, ain't gonna stop me! <laughs> how, how did I miss at such close range? Oh God! <laughs> Please, someone help me! <laughs> you didn't ask me how I knew your name, whore. You see, you work for Greer Hines. You were a whore when you were fifteen, and when you turned thirty, you owned your first whorehouse. You've been turning out young girls your whole life and feel no shame. I I just want to open heaven's door for you, darling. Bring you from the darkness you live in to the light. <laughs> Bask in the light, baby. Okay, big guy. She's had her last gasp. You've broken her neck. Have a seat. Take a load off, Fanny. Get you a cig. Woo! You know I hate that song. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm quoting it. Don't you have a plague to give to these humans, Angel? Or turn people into a pillar of salt? Let me rest a while. I just want to make sure you accomplish this mission. God is counting on you. I know, Angel. I know he is. <laughs> Being a revelator is hard work. Do you even know the meaning of that word? Any agent in a revelation, a deity or other supernatural entity or entities revealing or disclosing some form of truth or knowledge... Pow!
I often wonder why God chose me for this. All my life, people have told me I was crazy because I felt or saw things they didn't feel or see. I was labeled a weirdo. Why me, O oh Lord? Oh, stop your whining, you pussy. God chose you because he needed these souls brought to him in a hurry. Soon the trumpets will sound and the end will come for this world. Are you ready for the end, Galcross? <laughs> as long as I have the Book of Seven Seals, God can count on me to finish this. I'll bring him as many souls as I can before the world ends. <laughs> Why did you come here, Price? You're sure as shit not here to relive old memories. Your drink, sir. Thank you, Gus. You may prepare my lunch now. Will Mr. Price be joining us, sir? Hell no. He can feed himself, Gus. He's very capable of taking care of himself. A mojito. I haven't had one of these since I quit drinking. Man, this is good. What are you doing here? You're no longer a cop, and I'm no longer a criminal, so you can't harass me anymore. Might be considered stalking in today's political climate. I'm not here to harass you, Greer. Oh, well, we're on a first-name basis now. I'm still going to call you Price. You know why I'm here. You heard my little black book is missing. Some funny murders are happening, Greer. You think they are connected? If they weren't, you would not have sent your men out looking for Gal Cross. I heard the cops found them in a trash dump on Sanford Road. Okay, I'll give you that much. The bloodthirsty demon slit both of their throats. All of this violence this man has unleashed will destroy him. How do you like them apples, huh? I tried to help my former cohorts in crime, and this is what I get. You found God. Yes. While you were serving a ten-year sentence for racketeering. Yes, I found God while I was in prison. Not so unheard of. Why is that so crazy? I'm not saying it's crazy, nor hard to believe. The public, well, they are a tough nut to crack, Greer. You left your share of dead bodies along your road to bliss. I know, I know. And believe me, I will pay for it, but I'm trying to lighten my judgment for when that day comes. That's quite a load to lighten. Why this reprogramming ex-cons? Hooking people up to a machine, binding their arms and legs, and forcing them to watch horrible things they've done? Brainwash them into becoming good. Why, Greer? If you wanted to serve God, you could have built a church, or gave your money to the poor, maybe worked in a halfway house. I met Reverend Lawrence. 
I read all his books on it. I've seen it work with my own two eyes. It was working. I didn't expect Galcross to break. I just thought he'd bend. He started screaming about an angel showing him the way. He was going to help the wicked find the door of heaven. Said he knew I had the book of seven seals. He has my old little black book. Lots of names I used to do business with. He trashed the facility next to this office. My office. Killed my bodyguard. Nearly killed Dr. Lay. Tell you what, Greer. I'll find him for you. Okay. You want to get that little black book before anyone sees your name in there? <laughs> what happened in the ten years I was away? You became a clean cop? Something like that. Maybe I saw my own version of the light. What do you say? You have to take Dr. Lay. A psychiatrist and an ex-cop. Been watching 70s cop shows against Greer? No, I don't need help. No choice. I've already decided. Gus? Yes, Mr. Hines? Please have Dr. Lay come to my office. Very good, sir. I think I can handle this without the help of some quack. You wanted to see me, Mr. Hines. <laughs> I see you approve now, huh, Price? Some things never change. <laughs> you can put your eyes back in your head, Mr. Price. I was, uh, just stunned that Hines has a woman with a degree working for him. I get a feeling from your gaze, Mr. Price, that you are stunned that a woman has a doctorate. I don't really have any problems with women who pick themselves up by their high heels and make something of themselves. As long as they're pleasing to the eye. <laughs> <clears throat> it's nice to know <clears throat> anti-feminism still exists. You must be a fan of Donald Trump. No. I'm not a fan of anyone who killed off the USFL. <laughs> I bet you think I don't know that that is a football league from the 1980s. You're a football fan, Dr. Lay? Not in the least, Mr. Price. Sports creates monsters. The society has yet to rid itself of. Just like the one you and Hines created in Galcross. Okay, okay, enough. I was enjoying the two of you bickering, but now it bores me. I bet Galcross isn't bored. I'm very upset about this failure. I didn't mean for it to happen. It's okay, Laura. Don't beat yourself up over it. You and Bryce here will find him. You take your medicine and fix Cross. I go alone, Hines. He's far too dangerous. Don't make me do this, Price. <laughs> You're threatening me. Now, this is the Greer Hines I know all too well. I'm not threatening. I'm promising. If you don't take Dr. Lay with you, I'll make a personal call to the prosecutors. Tell them of our past dealings. <laughs> Good. Laura, 
Yes, Mr. Hines. Get your stuff ready. Mr. Price will escort you to wherever Galcross will be found. here to help you find the door to heaven, Levi. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to find it. I, I like where I'm at. Oh, this place is a mess. Who lives like this? You're wasting your time on this junkie. No, Angel, no. God needs to see everyone. His judgment stands. He wasn't always a junkie, were you, Levi Winston? No, you started out as a pill-popping chemist at college, then a pusher, then downgraded to a junkie. Right, boy? Now he wants to see the face of God. I don't need no God. I don't need no judgment. Are these your needles? Hey, if you're a cop, then no. But if you're holding anything, then yeah. <laughs> I'm no cop. Hey, those are my needles. Don't speak. Just listen to my words as I give you your medicine. sick son of a bitch. Luke 13, 23 to 25. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, you will seek to enter, and you will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, and he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? <laughs> hey, man, I'm from, I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, I could see the face of God. That's right, boy. Close your eyes and have a peaceful death. Uh, 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 uh,
and haven't found him. I say he's left town. He's here. He's left too many bodies around to discreetly vanish. Say, does that reprogramming really work? My method does. Worked a little too good on Cross. I didn't think he'd break like that. That's what Heinz said. From what I understand, Gal Price was just a low-level leg breaker. He's more than that. He's a psychotic, brainless ape. He was trained to do nothing but hurt anyone at any cost on Hein's word. Well, that's what I mean. He had no real thought process of his own. We thought he'd just bend a little. You gave the man the ability to think for himself, then took it away again, and he broke. That's why Mr. Hines sent me with you. To fix him. That kind of broken you can't fix, Dr. Lay. Well, that's very short-minded of you. Look, lady. I was a cop for 15 years. I saw a lot of things that have caused me to not have faith in humanity. Be that as it may, most of us are under the protection of God. Sure, I believe you. Ask the last five victims of Gal Cross. Let's get in the back seat.
Yes. Hello, madam. Are you Jan Price? Yes. Well, Reverend Collins sent me. Reverend Collins? Oh, we haven't been to his church in years. Oh, yes, um, uh, I I'm Gal Cross. I used to be an officer with your husband several years ago. And you worked in the 13th precinct with... Peter, yes. Okay. Reverend Collins sent me to try and talk to you two about coming back to the church. He said he missed seeing you two. Oh, well, that's nice of him. <clears throat> Would you like to come inside, Mr. Cross? Yes, ma'am. Kind of cold out there. I'm always happy to see Pete's old colleagues. Well, what's wrong? You have someone with you. <laughs> no, ma'am. Just me, I swear. No. No. I can see her. You see her? The angel hovering above your head. That's not true. Stop pretending, dummy. She sees me. I see her. Her name is Simone. But how? Nobody else can. I've always been able to see things. Things people don't believe in. No kidding. Me too. <laughs> I've always seen ghosts, weird lights. I once thought I met a vampire. Well, he said he was a vampire. I watched him drink his girlfriend's blood from a bite on her neck, but uh, they laughed a lot and I wasn't sure if it was a prank. All my life, people didn't believe me. Would you two like to sit down? I can make some coffee. Coffee sounds good. Have a seat, Mr. Cross. I'll be back with the coffee. What are you doing? I'm being friendly. God cannot wait for his souls. He won't have to. Then kill her and let's move on. Just wait. Nothing will be fouled up. Just having coffee. I want to hear what she has to say. How do you know she has something to say? I can sense it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have taken advantage of you. Wait. You didn't. I... I actually wanted to do this. <laughs> I actually wanted to be around you. <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to hurt anyone. I didn't want to hurt anyone. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt anyone. Hey. I'm not hurt. I felt good. Everything we did, I liked it. It's okay. Peter, if you let your true self show, Everyone would like you better. The cop in me won't let that happen. You aren't a cop anymore. 
Don't let the past weigh you down. I have a wife. I see the ring on your finger. She's not going to be my wife for long. She's packing as we speak. She says I don't pay attention to her or her feelings. I don't know. She went wacko a year or so ago, told our pastor about being able to feel presences around her. <sighs> Talked about seeing ghosts. Had this odd feeling we weren't alone in the universe. The usual nutjob shit people say when they don't like their lives anymore. <laughs> I'm afraid I'll die alone. <laughs> you treat me to a dinner and beer, I'll see that you don't die alone. I promise, Peter. There he is. I can't believe it. I've seen him all my life. The Lamb of the Seven Seals. Seven horns and seven eyes. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Book of Daniel, 12-4. It's here. The end is here. The end is here. The end is here. Cross! No! Don't! Wait! 
to see it. I want to see it. Forgive you. You. You killed your own wife. You killed your own wife. So we can be together. Always. This... this can't be! Looks like a band of Israelites. God's 
Blood Noir, Episode 14, The Revel, featuring Pete Lutz as The Stranger. Starring Pete Lutz as Cross, Tanya Milojevic as Dr. Lay, Lothar Tuppen as Price, Kessie Relinicki as Faye, Kristen Mass as Simone, Matt Weller as Hines, Jackie Ayers as Jan, Austin Beach as as Levi, and Jack Ward as Gus. Theme music by Carpenter's Notch and Audionautics.com. Wade in the Water, sung by Tanya Milosevic, with music by BackinTracksMP3.com. Credit narration by Lothar Tuppen. Music by Carpenter's Notch and Audionautics.com. Written and directed by Mark Slade.
outside. They were distant, maybe a few miles off. They would be scratching on the front door tonight, whispering their evil Nazi propaganda to her baby. She tucked at her stringy blonde hair. They will never get in. Mother said. Never. Later, There was a knock at the front door. Mother was passed out, lying face first on the puke-covered carpet. The knock was persistent, and it woke baby up. She tried calling out to mother, but she was too far gone in the dream country. Baby decided to climb out of her crib. She crawled to the couch and slowly pulled herself up on the arm. To reach the doorknob, she had to climb on the top of the back of the couch. Baby turned the doorknob with all the strength her little hand could muster. The door creaked open. A tall, well-dressed man in a black suit appeared. He had a permanent smile, drawn on a pasty white face with two eight balls for eyes. Yes? Baby said to the stranger. I am here to make your day, ma'am. The stranger said, his mouth never moved. His voice was robotic, as if he were a doll, and someone pulled a cord attached to his back. What I have in my suitcase can make a life decision for you, my good lady. Good or bad, usually for the good. (laughs) A laugh sputtered, and the eight balls in his head jumped up and down. I'm really rather busy, Baby told the stranger. As you can see, I have a situation with Mother. I can help you with that situation. 
The stranger pushed his way through the door and laid his weather-beaten suitcase on the coffee table. Well, no. Please, we're fine here. It doesn't look fine to me. The stranger hissed. He turned his clockwork neck slightly and his head swiveled around completely, stopping momentarily to scout the messy house. Do you even get to eat regular meals? Baby climbed down from the couch. She crawled over top of half-eaten pus-filled syringes, empty candy bar wrappers, and passed Mother, who was lost in dreamland, her mouth open, drooling on the carpet. The stranger bent down on one knee. You don't have to say anything, little girl. I see this all the time. She says she's going out to buy food and supplies, comes back with McDonald's, candy, and enough syringes to make William Burroughs come in his pants. Baby looked over at Mother. She's very loving in her own way, I suppose. Where's your father, girl? The stranger touched Baby briefly on her tiny shoulder, then withdrew quickly. He was eaten by the wolves. He went out late at night to score. A pack of wolves tore him apart and ate his insides. How tragic. You have to be careful of those nasty beasts, the stranger said. The stranger stood. That's why you need help with life decisions. He opened the briefcase and extracted a large bottle of brown gooey liquid. This will do the trick. Trust me. Baby really did want a new mother. She loved mother, but she couldn't keep her promises. She really couldn't keep her safe from the wolves out there. Baby shivered. The stranger shook his clockwork head slowly. Tisk tisk. The stranger said. It sounds as if they're getting closer. Baby swallowed hard. What do you get if I accept this gift from you? Oh, a smart child, I see. The stranger's eight balls danced in his eye socket as a growl of laughter cut loose from throat. I get your old mother. Fair enough. A new and better, more caring mother for a mother than is better left for the collectors. Baby gasped. The collectors were nothing but scourges digging in garbage dumps for bodies piled in large wastelands. They ravaged the dead for meals, for the people who live underground. The rich who could afford to take all of their possessions and leave the top level after the apocalypse came and destroyed the world. The scourges pay well then? Baby placed her thumb in her mouth, began to suck softly. The wolves could be heard outside the door, scratching, pushing against it with their bodies, whining and growling. Baby snatched the bottle from the stranger. She snapped off the cap and guzzled down the thick brown liquid. The stranger watched with much impatience, even lifting an encouraging hand. Drink, drink, drink it all down. Yes, the stranger hissed. Baby felt strange, her stomach began to swell. Baby fell to her knees and immediately vomited out the small amount of contents from her stomach. She wiped the yellow bile from her lips with a hand. Baby looked up and saw the stranger open the front door. Baby tried to scream, but her throat was too raw. Baby ran and hid behind her crib. She covered her eyes with her hands. Six gray wolves with fiery red eyes burst in. They gathered around her mother. They took turns tearing at her, sharp fangs ripping the flesh from her face, hands, and legs. Mother's 
bit hard into an ankle each. They dragged her out of the house and into dark night. Their brothers went out to the door as well. Stopped at the doorstep and called out for all to hear. They had a new body for the landfill. Baby stepped up from behind the crib. She saw the puddle of dark red blood the wolves left behind. Baby's head felt heavier than usual. Her eyes rolled in the back of her head. In a split second, Baby was passed out on the floor. Baby awoke two days later. Her eyes fluttered. A cloud of smoke dispersed. She realized she was lying on the kitchen table. The stranger standing in front of her. What's going on? Baby asked, still a little bit groggy. The stranger took from his black coat a kitchen knife. It's time, the stranger said. Time? Time for what? Baby tried to pull her arm up, but couldn't. Both arms were strapped down by leather cuffs fastened to chains that were attached to the table. For you to give birth to your new mother. 